When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning. Two minutes past. It is a Saturday. That's right. We are together. When are we not together at this point? Feels like we work 12 days a week. But we have fun nonetheless. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. How's everybody doing on this glorious Saturday morning? 800-919-3776. That is the Telephone number, we're taking it right up until high noon. Then Anita will slide on into the seat. We got Harvey. We got Joe. Dream Team is back together again. Get me on Twitter, at Dan Gross, at G-R-A-C-A. Plenty of things on the agenda for us to talk about, of course. You got moving day. A little bit later on out at the L.A. Country Club, round three of the U.S. Open, which promises to be entertaining the way some of these guys are just absolutely destroying the course out there destroying the course for the good of course you got some good scores for this u.s open we'll get into the latest on a little bit of football musings as all the teams in the nfl now are in their summer vacation until training camp starts in a little over a month but we got a couple of notable players here in the tri-state of course one being Quinn and Williams one Saquon Barkley who still have not signed the contracts that they would like and have been holding out from their teams we'll get into what the latest is as far as they are concerned we got some NBA musings of course a few days away from the NBA draft and the unpredictable and always adventurous offseason of the NBA which we can get into plus plenty of your phone calls and others as well we'll even get you know what because you know how we usually do it on these saturday mornings we'll get into some soccer too even because boy if you missed that game from 48 hours ago out in vegas yeah i know harvey's excited harvey's excited about that one and uh yeah kind of uh an odd couple of days for the uh u.s national team which we will chronicle along the way here let's start with the baseball though because last night you had the mixed bag right met fan you're happy you know i don't know if you're doing cartwheels I don't know if you're overjoyed I don't know if you're thrilled you know you beat a horrible Cardinals team like you were expected to do so we'll save them you know we'll save them for second we'll start with the controversy as you say right we'll start with the negativity because that's where the news is that's where the meat is right that's the meaty part of the bone and it's the Yankees because as I said I think earlier in the week most Yankee fans that I come across or most Yankee fans that I talk to They're not happy unless they're unhappy, right? Even when things are going well, they always find something that they can nag about, that they can complain about. I still remember just a year ago, right, when the Yankees were having that record-setting pace the first half of the season, winning games left and right. We were talking about maybe just maybe they would eclipse the mark set by the 98 team, maybe even win more than 114 games. I mean, they were that good. They were that prolific. But yet, instead of just basking in the enjoyment of all the success the Yankees were having, you still had folks that would call up and complain that Joey Gallo was batting ninth and stinking up the joint. And why is this guy still on the team? And blah, 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 blah. blah. That's all you heard. 
And I think by and large, look, the Yankees have not been as successful this time around as they were a year ago, but they've still been successful, right? I think that if you remove yourself from the situation, you take a step back, you look at where the Yankees are right now. Even after last night's debacle, you're eight games over 500. There are a lot of teams in baseball that if you would have told them 70 games into the season, you'd be eight games over 500, they would sign for it, including the team that plays in Queens. Let's face it. Because that team has faced a lot more adversity and a lot more challenges than the Yankees have. But alas, here we are. And the last couple of nights, last couple of games, I should say, because you had the off day sprinkled in between, but the last couple of games have not been good for the Yankees. They've been, how can I put this, sloppy, right? They've been sloppy. And last night was just a calamity. Nothing more, nothing less. It's one of those that you flush. Now, you don't want to have it come on the heels of the stinker in the Subway Series that they lost in extra innings, but last night, look, you were relatively optimistic. Second straight weekend, you had Yankees-Red Sox, the big rivalry, right? The whole country gets to watch these games. Tonight's national TV, tomorrow night again national TV. But last night, you know, you had a Friday night affair between two teams that hate each other. Yanks get on the board first. You got a one nothing lead. Domingo Herman goes to the mound. He's been pitching really well. Right? I mean, we make all the jokes about the sticky substance and this and that, but, you know, by and large, you know, Domingo Herman has probably been the best pitcher for the Yankees outside of somebody named Garrett Cole. Right? I mean, he's been that consistent of late. So he goes to the mound. You think free and easy. Just go up there and pitch. You got a one nothing lead before you even throw your first pitch. Well, that changed quickly. Right? That just, um, yeah, the wheels fell off pretty quick. 13 unanswered runs. <laughs> After that, Red Sox, I mean, at least it was over early, right? And maybe if you wanted to do some other things on a Friday night, like maybe go out and catch some dinner, go meet some friends for drinks or, or whatever it was, you could have did that essentially after the fourth inning. I'm thinking, you know, 13-1, it's probably not going to be your night. So at least the Yankees put you out of your misery early if you're a fan. And look, I, I don't want to read into it too much about Herman. Because as I said, he's been really, really consistent. I think he allowed like two runs or less in six of the previous seven games until last night, where even the best are going to have starts like that. Even the best. And he couldn't even get out of the third inning. Just one of those nights. And the thing about the Red Sox is, remember, said the same exact thing a week ago when they came into the Bronx for that weekend series. They were scuffling a little bit just like they had been scuffling here in the past week after they left the Bronx. They struggled against the Rockies of all teams at Fenway Park. You don't want to give them any momentum and don't give them a reason to believe that they could still actually be a presence in this AL East race. Well, they lost the series last weekend in the Bronx. They get off to a horrible start last night, and you're doing the exact same thing again. The only saving grace... From that game last night, as far as I'm concerned, if you're the Yankees, is that by some miracle, really, and it really is miraculous, given what I had just said, that Herman didn't even make it out of the third inning, the fact that Aaron Boone only had to use three relievers, I'm not counting IKF, because he even had mop-up duty to pitch the eighth inning, right? IKF, jack of all trades, my God, he does everything for you. People hated him when he was just a shortstop, now he plays every position on the field, and he's a really useful player. <laughs> <laughs> for the Yankees, it's a, he's stealing home. I mean, he's doing everything for this team. 
Jack of all trades, IKF. So it's on his business card. But the fact that he only had to burn three pitchers and really the primary guys didn't even have to see the mound. So they didn't pitch on Wednesday. They had the off day on Thursday, didn't pitch last night. So that's three straight days that Boone was able to spot his best relievers. So maybe that's a little bit of optimism going into the rest of this weekend. You know, with Schmidt going tonight, Seve going tomorrow, and we know that it's been a mixed bag for Severino last couple of times out here. But as I said, you know, the Red Sox are a dangerous team. Do they have their share of problems? Absolutely they do. But Turner was a beast last night. He looked like Dodgers Justin Turner last night. Yoshida got into a good groove. Defensively, the Yankees were off. I mean, I don't even know how many errors they got charged with when it was all said and done, but, I mean, they were booting the ball all over the field last night. It was almost like just being on the same field as the Mets for two days, they caught some sort of infectious disease that the Mets usually take with them to the field every single night. And, I, you know, some people might try to look at this thing as glass half full with the offense. Because that was the big theme coming into the game is that these Yankee bats were not firing minus Aaron Judge. And they still got to get this offense going. But I don't look at it this way. Like, I'm not going to sit there and just look at the final score last night and say, oh, well, you know what? The Yankees scored five runs. Nonsense. Stop. It was 13-1. to At 13-1, to you really think the other team cares about how many other runs that the opposition scores? I mean, to me, those aren't legitimate at-bats. Those aren't legitimate. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not. I don't feel any differently about this Yankee offense this morning than I did before that game even started last night. And the big theme is that guys have to step up. All right, I don't care that Rizzo got a couple of hits last, whatever. These guys have to do more. Because if you heard pregame from Aaron Boone about the status of Aaron Judge, it doesn't seem like he's going to return anytime soon because they still have no answers. He got a PRP injection into the toe again. There's two ligaments in the toe, and one is affected, but not the other, and blah, 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 blah. It's way too scientific. But the overriding theme, again, is that they still have no idea when this guy is going to be ready and when he's coming back. So, again, it falls on these other guys in the batting order to eventually produce some offense, right? That's what you have to do. And it's not good enough. It really and truly is not good enough. And this is from a team last night where every guy in the lineup actually got a hit. But it kind of rings hollow because the game was over. It was lopsided. How about getting some big hits when, you know, the game is still in doubt? That's what actually would help this baseball team right now. And you got too many guys in this group that aren't contributing. And they're playing below their capabilities, below the way we all know that they can perform. And certainly the Yankees know that they can perform. And that's when things are going to change here because I don't know what that light at the end of the tunnel is for Aaron Judge. The Yankees don't know. And that's really the scariest part about this whole thing, is it not? 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We'll hear from some of the particulars after last night's disaster up in Boston. And we'll also... Get into some of those injury updates on the walking wounded for the Bombers. We'll also talk about the Metropolitans who, hey, they beat a team who's more disappointing than they are last night. That's about the best thing you could say. The Cardinals are El Stinko. Nothing more, nothing less. And you want to take advantage of that over the next couple of days if you're the Mets. Wins count all the same. No matter who they're against, wins count all the same. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We are off and running. Grasso Show. On this Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN.
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Through this stretch where it's been a little tough for us for over the last 10 days, you know, that's we've played really well. We just haven't put a lot of points on the board. And, you know, tonight we're at least able to get some runs on the board. But overall, we just did not play a very clean game. See, again, I, I, I'm not going there. You're not going to fool me. It was 13-1 to 1 when the Yankees finally started scoring runs. They don't mean anything. It's almost like, God forbid, you know, your house burns to the ground and then your next door neighbor shows up with a fire extinguisher. Like, okay, thanks. Where were you about five hours ago? Right? It's like, come on. Don't believe it. Please don't believe it. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Well, you know what? Let me hear a little bit more from the Yankee manager about this offense. How did did the at-bats look? Tell me, Aaron. Better and at least got some guys, got some traction. You know, obviously Donaldson really gets into one, but everyone in the lineup kind of, you know, did a little bit of something. Obviously, for most of the game, we're in a lopsided situation. So hopefully it's it is something, though, you know, having little small victories within the batter's box, hopefully is something that can catapult some guys that have been searching for it a little bit. But, you know, we got to find a way right now. And tonight overall, we just didn't play very well. Think about this for a second, okay? Like just to provide some further context. You think the Red Sox were throwing their A arms out there when they were up 13-1? to They gave Corey Kluber some work last night. Okay, Corey Kluber, who was removed from rotation because he wasn't effective, pitching out of the bullpen, who barely gets on the mound unless the game is a blowout one way or the other. They actually gave him a couple of innings last night, and the Yankees were able to get to him and his, you know, 7 ERA or whatever it is. I, that's what I'm saying. you got to get this in the proper perspective here. Just like with the Mets, you beat the St. Louis Cardinals, right? I mean, you're not going to be throwing a ticker tape parade because you beat one of the worst teams in baseball. You still need to see improvement from this team. They're not consistent enough. 
Here's Josh Donaldson, another guy who, you know, he got a couple of swings last night. Good for him, but he's got to produce a hell of a lot better. I mean, 160. Here's Josh Donaldson. How much pressure is this offense under right now? I can really only speak for myself. I know that we are coming in preparing, doing the things that we can do, trying to go out there and letting our, our work pay off. Uh, it has been a struggle to this point, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're trying to stay positive and focus on uh, the things that we can control, and that's uh, going up there, having good at-bats and trying to get on base and drive some runs in. To me, there's no excuses. Aaron Judge is great. Aaron Judge is important extremely. Let's not kid ourselves. But you still have enough in that lineup to be more consistent and more successful. Josh Donaldson, I don't care how many years removed from it we are, he was a former MVP. Giancarlo Stanton, same thing, former MVP. Anthony Rizzo, all-star, how many times over, world champion. Glaber Torres, inconsistent, sure. But the guy has shown flashes throughout his career. Anthony Volpe was supposed to be the greatest prospect the Yankees have ever had, ever. You know, there are guys that can do it. And you can't just sit there and and, and twiddle your thumbs and wait till Aaron Judge comes back, hoping, praying that he's just going to save your season. These games count just as much. And I don't have to tell you, I mean, look at the division they're in. That American League East is unforgiving right now. They're not all that apart from the Boston Red Sox, who are in last place right now. And so far, what we've seen in the last week, the Red Sox can go toe-to-toe with the Yankees. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. All right, let's get some phone calls in here. Marvin in the Bronx, we are going to start with our good buddy here, leadoff hitter, on a Saturday morning. Marv, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Dan. First of all, I want to wish you happy Father's Day, and... I didn't watch a game yesterday because my youngest son graduated from college, so I hung out. God with him bless yesterday. him. What what, what what college are we talking about here? Monroe College. Monroe College. He's a, a male man. He he's in his thirties and he finally got his um, degree. Oh. And he, you he's know going, what? Hopefully, he'll go on and be a postal inspector, a federal agent. Congratulations. That is big time. Seriously. And you know what? He did you a favor, too, because he didn't have to watch the game. He saved you. I know. I, I, but I always check on the Yankees when I come home. But check this out. Now, Dan, I got to ask you a personal question. Uh-oh. Did you ever work in the South? Uh, south of the state of New Jersey or just the South of the country? The South in the country, like Alabama, Georgia, and whatever. No. Uh, no, I can't say I ever swung by those parts. No. Because some of the terms you use, like scuffling, my mother's yeah. a southerner. You, she used to use, I laugh, like I just, I'm like, wait a minute. My mother used to say stuff to me, and my mother and my dad would say stuff like that. Those are Georgia-Alabama expressions. So I, I say that, I laugh. No, I, I, like I said, Marv, I can't say I ever swung by there, but, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad you find it entertaining and amusing, at least. We, we, try to, we try to cater to all bases, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's affectionate because it reminds me of my mom and my dad. All right? There you go. Now, this is what I want to say. you got to realize, I've been a Yankee fan since 1964. So I don't yep. panic. I lived through what they call the Depression from 65 to 76. Mm-hmm. Th- this crowd that that's watching Yankee games, are going Yankee, I call them the 94 crowd because they never knew losing. If you had lived through those years, you don't panic. If I, had to, if I was to die today, I can appreciate the seven World Series the Yankees have won. But getting back to judge, having a permanent, well, I have a condition from the military. You know, it doesn't affect me, but I, mm-hmm. my, I broke my bone in college. And I was talking about, but I said, can you do something with that? He said, Marv, you're going to die with that. So feed enough to play with. 
And I tell mm. people that. It's the most, to me, of the lower body. You can say what you want about knees and hips and the rest of the, that part of the body, but let something go wrong with your feet. So what the Yankees are doing and being cautious is absolutely right. You but have I'm gonna to. You, I'm going to tell you, since you talked about guys picking up, I'm going to give you a historic perspective. Mm. In 1949, if you read the book, the manager got hurt. And uh, I think it was, I think it was, a, he had bone spurs, right? Heel spurs. And he missed 65 games. Tommy Hendricks just put the team on his back and carried it until DiMaggio got back. And uh, they won the pennant that year. So that's a historic perspective of what these guys should, could, and should, and should try to do. Because, uh, of course, everybody, Tommy Hendricks is a great player. And DiMaggio is obviously one of the, the gods of baseball. But, I don't panic with the Yankees. It's a long season. I know that, that that massacre that happened last night, you know, happens during the season when they were. But Yankee fans, this I call the '94 crowd, should appreciate when the success. But they're always complaining. I don't complain. I said, look, it's a long season. Do um, um, you have vicissitudes? It's up and down and stuff like that. But hopefully, Judge will be healthy. He'll come back, and these guys will wake up out of their sleep. So I, I got to say, Dan, have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day. Marv, happy Father's Day to you, as always. It, it's no secret. You know, everything you're saying right there, and we know. You know, you don't even have to look that far if you're a Yankee fan. Not exactly the same type of injury, but, you know, in the neighborhood. Look at DJ LeMahieu last year when he had the toe problem and how it just completely zapped him late in the season. And he was never the same again. And even when Aaron Judge got hurt, this is now going back a couple of weeks. Like, you said it then. You have to be as cautious as possible. And it's incumbent on all these other guys in the lineup to do their part. A, a thousand percent. You know, you don't mess around with the feet. As Marv just said, it's, it, it's interesting he said that, too, because just last night, as a matter of fact, I continued watching the – I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch any of it yet. The 30 for 30 on ESPN. It was a four-parter. They did one on Bill Walton. Right, and I mean, everybody knows Bill. Look, Bill was an MVP. Bill was an NBA champion, an outstanding player in college, the whole nine yards. Made the Hall of Fame, everything. But Bill Walton is one of those, you know, answers to the question how we always like to throw out there. Like, if there was any athlete that you could wish would have had an injury-free career, like, God knows when we do all these rankings about the greatest players of all time, like, Bill Walton might have been in that answer if he had stayed healthy. But him, along with a lot of other bigs especially, had awful foot problems. And that just completely ruined his career. Even at a young age, like you just can't explain it. Awful foot problems. So, yeah, this is something that you don't mess around with. And Judge is a bigger guy, too. He's not a seven-footer, but he's damn well close. Way too important to this team. It's interesting Marv, too, used a couple of terms just talking about the Yankee fan. Right, he brought up 94, because it was on the show last night. I forgot how we got on the subject. Oh, it was somebody called up. Somebody called up and brought up Don Mattingly, right, about different players and so on and so forth. And, look, if you're not old enough and you don't remember, I mean, in the mid-'80s, Don Mattingly, there was a period of time for a couple of years you could have made a convincing argument. He was the best player in baseball. Not the best first baseman, best player. You know, 84, 85, 86, like he was that good, really and truly. And this was a guy who was this incredible singular talent. And those Yankee teams had other good players too, but they never made the playoffs. Because remember, that was a pre-wild card existence during those days. And that's why Mattingly got to the end of his career. 
95, remember, 94, Yankees were in first place, right? Yankees and Expos were like the two best teams in baseball when the strike hit in August of 94. So got jobbed of a playoff trip then. 95 rolls around. You got the wild card. Yanks make the wild card. Mattingly was on his last legs. A shell the player he used to be. That's why those first couple of home games against the Seattle Mariners at Yankee Stadium, when it was crazy, Yanks in the playoffs for the first time in forever, and then Mattingly hits that home run, the place was going absolutely bonkers because it's like, yes, this is our guy. He finally gets a chance to perform on the big stage, right? But these Yankee fans in general now, I agree with what Marv says. You know, I know you haven't seen a championship or seen a World Series since 2009, but... <laughs> Hey, there's other teams that have waited a hell of a lot longer, unfortunately. Right? Teams in this town. You're not alone. You know, it's not, it, it's not your birthright to win every single year. And to me, and I'm not even saying you're going through hard times or going through lean years, but when you don't get to that stage, it should make you appreciate those championship years even more. You know, just because you're a Yankee fan doesn't mean, hey, we should win the World Series every year. It doesn't work that way. But I will say, you know what? The Yankees have had it a lot better than most other fan bases have because each and every season you go into the year thinking, yeah, we got a shot. We got a shot. Right? Yankees have good seasons. When was the last time the Yankees had a losing season? Hmm? When was the last time the Yankees were sub-500? Going back to what, the 80s? Actually, it was in the early 90s when they were just dreadful, you know, stump Merrill days like that. But most people weren't even alive for that. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Get to more of your phone calls. Then we'll get into the Mets as well. They've actually won back-to-back games. Start spreading the news. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, during the glory years there in the, the 90s into the 2000s, they would, of course, they play this after the Yankees win. But back in the day, when the Yankees would lose at home, they would play the Liza Minnelli version of this song. So... Buddy of mine who hates the Yankees, hates the Yankees. Somebody asked him one time, what's your favorite song? And he's, you know, like a crazy sports fan. And as I said, hates the Yankees. Somebody said, what's your favorite song? He said, New York, New York, but the Liza Minnelli version. (laughs) Oh, the passion. 
can't deny it. Let's say hi to Tommy and Beth Page up next year on 98.7 ESPN. Tommy, how are you? Hey, Dan, how's it going? Tom, good morning. How's things? Good morning. You actually, uh, your last segment led me right into my point here because I'm actually like your friend. I'm a Yankee hater. I'm okay. a Mets fan, but I'm also a realistic sports fan. And um, I think you're wrong, though, about um, the drought, World Series drought. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I'm 40 years old, and so I don't remember 1986, but by the late 90s, I was super hungry for a championship. And the Mets and the Piazza years, they were really good. They almost won. And I was craving a championship only 13 years into watching Tom, baseball. We're about the, Tom, we're about the same age. I know exactly what you're talking about. So what, I, so what I'm saying is, unless you're a 70- or 80-year-old Yankee fan, which not many of us are because the main demographic for sports radio is 18 to 49 years old, most of those Yankee fans have not had a ton of success over the last 50 years because if you take 1980 to 1996, that's a long time without a championship. And then they had the dynasty in the 90s, and then the 2000s are more remembered for 2004 than 2009, and then 2009 was an eternity ago. So as a Yankee hater, I've been so happy for the last 40 years because they haven't done much besides the 90s championships. No, you're right. But again, if you're also of this age, Tom, those five, six years, whatever it is, from the mid-90s to the early 2000s, it did feel like this team was playing for a championship every single year or winning a championship. So that, for for instance, you're a Mets fan, right? In, In your lifetime, they've only won once, and you were too young to even really remember it and embrace it. So really, in all theory, you've never really enjoyed a championship, but yet the team in town, the other guys... They had their fair share winning, and it was for a good amount of time, right? So, yeah, but, the, but yes, but the mid '90s are almost as far away as the mid '80s at this point. So, and again, you're talking about a long years, time ago. Years ago. Well, 20, 20 years ago, as you said, if you're a 30 year old Yankee fan, a 20 year old Yankee fan, a 10 year old Yankee fan. these are now generations of Yankee fans that have not had success. And you're talking about a lot of games over a lot of 162-game seasons here. So the arguments, I feel like the Mets and the Yankees are almost on the same level now with Steve Cohen being the owner and the payrolls being the same. So so I'm I'm happy as anything is my point is that I I don't think the Yankees going forward are going to win any more championships than the Mets with the way the payrolls are. And and the fact that the Yankees haven't won since 2009 – when, when these guys on sports radio, not you, because I think you're one of the best hosts on the radio, but when these other guys on the radio claim like, oh, the Mets are uh, the big brothers and stuff, I, I just don't buy it from what I see. I don't well, buy here's, it. And, 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 Tom, I appreciate the phone call, and you're right. I am one of the best hosts on radio. But aside from that, payroll doesn't matter. It does. Look at the Mets. Look at the Mets. I think that the payroll is actually a detriment to them because your farm system is depleted. You haven't developed players to the extent that you would like, at least guys that are ready to contribute, and that's why you have to go out there and give uh, $86 million combined to two 40-year-old pitchers who are just cashing checks on their way to the Hall of Fame. And you have to make a rational... See, you, you spend your way out of deficiencies, but sometimes it's not always wise spending, like the Mets. You got the San Diego Padres. They have an enormous payroll this year. How's San Diego working out right now? They're under 500. The Mets and the Padres actually have the same record, as a matter of fact, right? Spending, spending, spending is not the cure-all. You know, Yankees' payroll is less than the Mets. I'm not saying that the Yankees are clipping coupons by any stretch. You know, they got guys making a ton of money, and they have a huge payroll, but they're at least winning games. They're better than the Mets are right now. I was talking about this with the guys before the show. How about this? Steve Cohen, when he bought the team and he laid out his vision – for the Mets and how he wants to build this franchise. 
What did he talk about? He said, I want to be like the Dodgers. I want to be like the Dodgers on the East Coast to where we're going to have the resources to be able to go and get players if we have to. But also, you know, I want to be able to develop a farm system, draft well, get some good players, and so on and so forth. Develop players, draft, nurture guys through our system to where if we are lacking in any way, shape, or form, we're going to be able to bring them up. I'll give you an example with this Dodgers team. Remember, Dodgers did not spend a lot of money by Dodgers standards in this past offseason. Like their biggest acquisition was J.D. Martinez, which is, you know, like charity compared to what the Dodgers usually do. They were lying in the weeds a little bit because they're resetting their luxury tax because you figure come next offseason, they're going to make a big play for Shohei Otani. And I still think that's the leader in the clubhouse right there with Shohei. He's going to be a Dodger. But look at what the Dodgers have done this year, guys. Like, their organizational depth is astounding. They've had starting pitchers go down. Noah Syndergaard couldn't get me out right now. They thought he was a guy that was going to be in the rotation. Julio Urias is down. Uh, Walker Bueller had Tommy John surgery. Gavin Lux, not Gavin Lux, the the, the, uh, guy with Dustin May. He also had surgery now with the arm. You know what I'm saying? They're missing all these starting pitchers. So what have they done? Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, the New York native last night, a kid from New York for crying out loud, Emmett Sheehan, who was no better. How about this? Than their 13th rated prospect. Not the 13th rated prospect in all baseball. The 13th prospect in the Dodgers organization. He comes up last night against the rival Giants. And in his Major League debut, what does he do? He throws six hitless innings. Six hitless innings. It's no coincidence that a team like the Dodgers is good every single year because they know how to run an organization. It's not about, here's daddy's credit card, go out there and buy players that are worth $400 million. No, you have to develop a system. It's like in football. You got to draft well. That is going to be the core and the nucleus of your team. Free agency is nice, but that doesn't pay for the house. The foundation of the house is the draft. Free agency is what you decorate the house with. But what good are all those decorations if you don't have any place to put them? I mean, look at the Mets organizational pitching right now. They had that kid in double A who they now promoted to triple A just because he's like halfway decent because they got nobody else. Let's say hi to Jose in Brooklyn, who is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Graza. And hello to the company and hello to all the old school listeners that still listen in and just wanted to go in there and say, The you old know, school t- listeners who still yes. listen in. What is yes. that? <laughs> oh, yes, because we still, you know, we still got Spike and Ira and all those guys from 10 to 10, 50 days that I used to listen to. You know, oh, I got you, you. you know okay. my story. <laughs> the throwbacks. The Rem- throwbacks. Yeah, yeah. Re- remember, Mr. Graza, you know, when, when you were listening to the station, you know, way back, in, way back sure. in the day. <laughs> right. So, you know, um, I, I, I have to go there. So uh, with this Yankee stuff, because you know me, I, I, I can't stand the normalizing of the losing. And that last caller set it up perfectly as a team. Because other team, other team fan bases are just enjoying this way too much, 
And that's kind of where me as the Yankee fan that, you know, does think that it is my birthright, you know, from the Max Kellerman days, we're supposed to win the title every five years, you know, remember those, remember those claims. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what, so this is where uh, I, I'm in a conundrum because I, I, I get, I get what Joe Leo's saying, you know, to try to enjoy the ride, you know, and go and do these things. But like the last, when, when, you know, 2017 was seen as such an optimistic year and an optimistic turn turning of the page, and we're supposed and it's supposed to bring, you know, championships, not a championship. 2017, remember, Jose, too. They, that came out of nowhere. Nobody expected exactly. them to get within a game of the World Series in 2017. So yeah, so that so so when we looked at all that talent and we looked at all that when we, when we looked at Judge and we looked at Torres and we looked at Bird and all those guys, we kind of looked at this as oh this could be set, setting up for something new, and what it's done is just add to the frustration. So it's kind of like you know being put on the ultimate letdown, you know uh, on the ultimate letdown because right now what we're seeing on a day-by-day basis with these losses and with these flaws that we keep seeing, we're seeing the eventual reason of why we're going to lose in October. And then what's going to end up happening is what's going to frustrate us more is we were calling these flaws out in the beginning of the season, kind of like what we did last year. And yet we're going to be seen, we're going to be portrayed as spoiled Yankee fans who can't, you know, enjoy what they're having when we know this is not good enough. And that's kind of, you know, what my point is. This is not going to be good enough to win a title. And unless if Cashman or, 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 or some of these guys actually play to the back of their cards because, Josh Donaldson, that MVP was so far long ago. It, 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 it's really, I, 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 I've given up on him. I, I, I don't know what I, I like. You know, he'll pop in a couple of things. He'll pop, pop in a couple of big hits, four runs, and then get these idiot Yankee fans to go in there and try to slam dunk on us. And then I just gotta say, keep, keep waiting. Because then there'll be another three games where he'll be 0 for 12, and then and, and then we're wanting him to get. get or he'll, or he'll be out of the lineup again, Jose. It's it, to me, it's exactly. like it, it's a miracle when so, he's in the lineup for like a week straight. Yeah, so that's what, so that was my point right there. I just wanted to pretty much reiterate it. It's it's one of those things where it's like it, it, it's just a, a compounding frustration. Yes, we know we're better than other organizations, but we are not fans of those other organizations. We don't have those same expectations where it's play meaningful baseball in August and hopefully make the playoffs. No, it's make the playoffs and then hopefully make a World Series run where we can actually win a title to actually add towards the you know the history of it and no. what's happening right now, and what's happening right now is i feel like we're we're we're, former, we're getting into the normalizing of the losing in the playoffs and then what's going to be my ultimate fear is we're going to start normalizing losing losing in the regular season well i see jose i don't know that that'll ever happen and i thank you for the phone call as always good points but let me let me put it this way and there's more to be said on this and i i'll, I'll talk about it on the other side of the break here but right now Look at the season that the St. Louis Cardinals are having. Say what you want about the Cardinals. They are a legacy franchise rooted deep in history. Okay, you can make a lot of cases that they're the National League version of the Yankees with all the history and all the championships and so on and so forth, right? They are a standard. Cardinals don't lose, but look at the season that they're having right now. Just to give you a little idea, you want to talk about a run here, all right? The Cardinals have had one losing season. In the 2000s. Think about that for a second. 
In the 2000s, they've had one losing season. Yankees have had none. Cardinals are going to have another one this year because they're dreadful. But the Yankees don't have seasons like the Cardinals are having this year. So while you may not win a championship, you're at least in the conversation. At the beginning of each year, even though you might not be the favorite, when all the so-called experts and prognosticators, they make their predictions for a championship, I guarantee you there's going to be at least one, at least one every year that's going to pick the Yankees, maybe more. You can't say that about other teams. And I get it's not good enough, and it doesn't meet the standard in the whole nine yards, but that's the reality. And I'll liken it to something else, too, when we return. 800-919-3776. We'll also get into the Mets as well from last night, their victory over the crummy Cardinals. Dan Grasso show, we roll till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. There it is, a little throwback. Oh. Makes me all warm and fuzzy on the inside. See if that the breakfast, one or the other. Time now for your leaderboard update presented by Juggernaut. Round three, moving day, U.S. Open, L.A. Country Club. Ricky Fowler on top. He's 10 under par, but lurking just behind is Wyndham Clark at nine under par. Xander Shoffley and Rory McIlroy are two off the pace at minus eight. You got Harris English, seven under par. He's three back. Dustin Johnson, Minwoo Lee. At minus six, and then you got the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, who was five under par. A lot of guys in contention, and he got golf in prime time. That's the virtue of having it out on the West Coast. And that's your leaderboard update. It's brought to you by Juggernaut. Juggernaut Hillside Cabernet Sauvignon, a wine that is fierce, brave, and delicious. Juggernaut Hillside Cabernet Sauvignon wine, harnessing the power of nature. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. One of our earlier callers in the show, can't remember who it was. I apologize. But he brought up the fact that he's a meth fan, right? 40 years old, 86, wasn't really old enough to appreciate it just yet. But in his lifetime, that was the only championship that the Mets have won. All right. I remember... You know, I was very, very young, but it was just when I was getting into baseball, like those mid to late 80s Mets teams, right? From 84 to 89, that was the best run in the history of the Mets, right? 
that six-year run, that was the best period of baseball in the 60-plus year history of the New York Mets franchise. And me as a little kid just getting into baseball, each and every year I'm thinking Mets are either going to win a World Series, they're going to be in the conversation for a World Series, and they're going to have a legitimate shot. Like, I thought that's how it's always supposed to be. And then things changed. And then the 90s rolled around. And then he got into the worst team money could buy. And then things got worse and worse and worse. My point being that that was fleeting, right? That was like a six-year run where the Mets had a shot every year. Yankees are going on how many decades where they've got a shot every year? Or at least they portray themselves as having a shot every season. Right? So that's why when the Yankee fan wants to cry and complain and say, well, you know what? We deserve a championship. It's been so long. You got a shot every year. Ask the Met fan. 60-plus years of existence, you've got two championships. Two stinky ones. Right? You've been to a couple of World Series over the last 20 years. Okay, that's great, but you didn't win. And you got punched in the gut because one of them that you lost to was the Yankees, which is the ultimate in-your-face. Let's say hi to uh, Justin in Tom's River. He's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Justin. How are you? Great, Dan. Happy Father's Day to you. Uh, I appreciate you taking my call. You know, you hit on a lot of great points. You know, I am a huge Yankee fan, obviously. You know, I was lucky enough to live through those 90s championships. But, you know, as a Yankee fan, where I'm most concerned with this team right now it's just philosophically. I don't. I just don't like the way the team has been constructed in the marching orders anymore. And I think you hit on something earlier when you were talking about being relevant every year. And I just don't think that's the best thing for this organization anymore. I just don't think it's realistic anymore. You know, a lot of these teams, you know, you have the Dodgers that are able to spend money, but you can't spend for every mistake that you make when you draft it wrong or you don't have players for certain positions. You know, I think it's been a real detriment to the Yankees trying to be relevant every year. And I don't think it's realistic to win a World Series or try to run for a World Series every year. You know, and obviously, you know, Cash, I have to give Cashman credit. Yes, the Yankees have been a great organization. You know, we usually always have a great bullpen. Obviously, he drafted Judge. But, you know, at this point in time, I think it's time, if, if the Yankees don't get it this year, is to replenish this team. And what I mean by that is getting some young prospects and, and refill the farm system because what they're doing – by signing all these free agents and not hitting on a lot of them has just been a detriment to this team. You know, obviously, you know, last year when they traded for Bader, I love Bader, but some of these guys just can't stay in the lineup. He's never healthy. He's He's never never healthy. healthy. And he's a great player, but, you know, when he plays, he's great. But, again, he's on the IL. Same thing with Stan. Every year I know he's going to be on the IL a couple times. And at this point, honestly, I would rather the team replenish and set us going for every year when I don't know if it's realistic anymore. Justin, good phone call. I appreciate it. Here's the thing, and I know Yankee fans don't want to hear this. Maybe baseball fans don't want to hear this, but I'm just telling you a fact. If the Yankees fall short this year, and I don't know what's going to happen. Right now, if you're asking me on June the 17th, hey, Grasso, you think that the Yankees are going to win a championship this year? I'm going to say no. All right, because to me, they don't pass the eye test. And I'm even saying this even when Judge was still in the lineup. But if they fall short this year, and Judge, if he comes back, is going to be a compromised version of number 99, that's going to be the built-in excuse. Boone's going to be able to use that. Cashman's going to be able to use that. Ownership is going to be able to use that. 
So if you're a Yankee fan and you're tired of the current state of affairs, like Justin just said, the Aaron Judge injury, and you could even throw in the Carlos Rodon injury too, because realistically, I don't know what the hell you're getting from him this year. Can he throw a pitch before we talk about what may or may not be? That is the built-in crutch for the Yankees coming up short in October again. The seeds and the foundation have been laid already in the month of June, which is not healthy. All right, good first hour. We come back. I promise we'll get into the Mets, plus your phone calls as well. Grasa Show. We go till noon on 98.7 ESPN.